Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. And today we are going to go try to find all those loose parble, loose parts, <laughs> loose, loose parbles. I don't know. We're going to go find things <laughs> that we have wandering around our classroom. And <laughs> Carrie, just start. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to talk about loose parts and why it is something that we think is a good idea for you as the director to promote um, both to your parents and to your teachers. So, okay, so I was going to say real quick. What when is we your talked definition? about this and we were doing a little bit, you had mentioned that there were some educational theories that that use this concept. And I had another take on it. But tell me a little bit about the theories, just so we have a place to start that kind of grounds the conversation. So the two educational philosophies that always use loose parts are the Reggio Emilia philosophy or the hundred languages of children Um and the other is the Waldorf educational philosophy. And in both of those, um, they tend to be natural items that are all the loose parts. So pine cones and leaves and uh, seashells, branches, um, all those kinds of things. So the natural part, the loose parts have a tendency to be natural parts in those programs specifically. And the idea is that the loose parts gives you more running room, um, not physical running room, mental running room. The kids can imagine those things being lots of different things and they can build with them in different ways and they can use them in different ways in dramatic play. They can examine them. So you've got some science and math going on. You know, they can just be used open-ended. Um, so some people call them open-ended play materials as opposed to loose parts, um, but either term works. They may have slightly well, and different connotations. Well, it comes back into some of your, um, when you do the art, the, 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 the process art versus product art. Yep. Because I can see how at least, uh, depending on certain age groups, <laughs> how you could also include loose parts into your, your arts center or, or that kind of space as well. Correct. Wouldn't that be if you had glue and pom-poms and, and things that they could put together to make some sort of an art project, would that be the same concept? Absolutely. And some people um, <laughs> have also called them maker spaces or STEM spaces. And really, if you think about almost everything in an infant or toddler classroom, really is a loose part because it's all going to be dumped on the ground anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you know, growing up with with two older boys and and boys and daughters who who loved Legos, you know, loose parts has a whole different meaning to me than um, <laughs> exactly what it is. But yeah, so you brought up the term makerspace, and for me, especially right now, especially in school age programs. So if you're listening to today's podcast and you're in a preschool and above, or you have that kind of room, makerspace is a huge buzzword. It's marketing. It's, yes. <laughs> libraries have them. Um, um, schools have them. So if you want to be viewed from a parent standpoint and you're trying to look like an up and coming program, 
Start telling everybody about your makerspace and label it that way. Put it in your materials that way when you do your tours of the program. Let them know that you have a makerspace area in all of your classrooms. Or you can call it now, your STEM cor- STEM or STEAM corner. Um, absolutely. I mean, the way you get steam, STEM to STEAM is by adding that art. And that's where this creativity really gets to come in. And, it, and again, this is for you when you're trying to get people into your program and differentiate your program. So, you know, we said we were going to talk to you about how to sell it to your clients and how to sell it to your teachers. So when we're selling it to the parents, we talk about how um, it there's been studies that show the more that children are engaging in problem solving activities, the better they're going to do in school and the better they're going to do in life. And so you'd like to have some open-ended materials so that the children can problem solve and figure out how to put those pieces together to make you know, an Eiffel Tower. Um, or you can even use, I like the Eiffel Tower because the Eiffel Tower was basically a whole bunch of found materials that, that Mr. Eiffel used to build that. Um, so I, I think of loose parts and the Eiffel Tower kind of together, <laughs> but that may just be my brain. What are some other, I mean, we talked about you know, this it, earlier. Okay, I'm, I'm going to jump on your Eiffel Tower thing. Okay. Um, only because we, we he, he did take that from stem to steam. Do you know what is um, actually inside the Statue of Liberty? Well, I walked around inside of it and there's a model of a giant toe. Okay, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the internal structure of uh, the Statue of Liberty is basically the Eiffel Tower. Um, Eiffel is actually who constructed the inside structure, engin- the engineering inside uh, the Statue of Liberty, both the one that's in France and the one that is here in the United States. And so um, when you start thinking about statues and art, Sometimes you need that really strong base. Yeah. And so this is a great opportunity for you as a director when you are selling to your parents or the community or even your teachers, helping them understand that. Uh, because I've run into teachers who are like almost stemmed to death in their own head. Now, they don't realize that they get new kids and new teachers and new parents all the time. <laughs> so not every parent's heard the STEM pitch, you know. As a teacher, you might have heard it for like the last 20 years. But remember, you don't have the same kids that you had 20 years ago. Um, These kids have all kind of moved on. Yep. But there is a way to connect that and helping those parents understand that kids need a solid foundation, just like a house that if you can engineer and math a really solid foundation, you can get as creative as you want on top as long as you understand that foundation and how those basics work. And that's exactly what we get to do here with preschool. And that is what preschool programs are, right? They're right. giving the kids the foundation to go on and do some really awesome learning. Okay, we've talked a little bit about how to sell it in your tour or on your website or your Facebook group or whatever. Um, how do you get the ad- the teachers on board, Kate, because that's kind of what you do now for a living. Uh, (laughs) How do you get, because some of the teachers are like, these guys are three. We don't need to be doing no STEM. What do you mean STEM in a three-year-old classroom? And other people are like, look, if I have to do Tinker Toys one more time, I am going to quit. (laughs) 
because every time we do, somebody sticks one of those things up their nose and I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) So how do you get those teachers on board? Well, I think there's a couple of things that needs to happen. And this is and we'll talk about this and in, in believe it or not, an upcoming episode on um, staff training. But when you're doing your staff training um, and getting to and including new things in your staff program, find out what they like find out where their interests are. So if I had teachers, especially in my three-year-old classroom, who are very into art or history, then I'm going to find the STEM connection to that art and history and help them understand um, how a lot of our, what we think of as master craftsmen were actually awesome engineers as well. And, you know, there's, there's some people <laughs> that make very easy examples for them. I mean, uh, Leonardo da Vinci is a pretty safe bet that most people know who he is. And it's really hard to identify him as just, if you know anything about him, as either just a painter or just a sculptor or just an inventor, because he was all of those things. And again, helping make that connection to your teachers is really, really important. And this is also one of those things that if you're not really, really comfortable uh, as a director, spend five minutes on Google. Yeah. You know, (laughs) because you can Google preschool STEM, preschool makerspace, three-year-old makerspace, three-year-old STEM, and you'll get all kinds of opportunities. I mean, I was doing uh, preschool interactive digital curriculum 17 years ago. Like this was things that people were doing that long ago. And I remember how, um, and I'm going to go with innovative because it really felt that way at the time that the company that I wrote curriculum for actually was able to make a a table (laughs) that the kids could touch and do things. And it was all on a computer and it was basically a big tablet. And, you know, now we have those and they walk around and they're, you know, eight by 12 (laughs) and every kid has seen them and lives on them by the time they're probably three. Maybe not every kid, but probably a fair number of the kids in your classroom um, have been on a smartphone or a tablet of some sort. So, yeah. And I think I think part of it is also saying, okay, well, you've got toddlers and they're trying to build towers with everything. So how about we give them specific things to build with that they're going to have success with? So you're going to have fewer temper tantrums and that are not going to cause a huge problem in your classroom. So I'm going to give you these tree cookies. Kate, can you explain what tree cookies are? Because I don't know how to explain them. And and, and with that, I'm going to take one other option that might be really cool. Um, is to think about like Jenga, like we always love Jenga. And now that they have the outdoor giant grown-up size Jenga, that's even more fun as far as a, as, as a resource of materials for the kids to use to play. So tree cookies are literally, uh, or tree coasters, they, they are logs that you've sliced up. Um, but you can get them in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. And so the next time you have a neighbor or somebody with a tree that goes down or you find a tree down on somebody's property or let all of your parents know, cutting them up into different sections. Um, from an educational standpoint, you can use the rings and learn all about weather. And the tree branches. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Sometimes when you say that, people think that you're doing the three-foot diameter and bringing that into the toddler classroom. We're using that on the playground. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking like coaster size. Um, and so they're, you know, three to five inches. They can be one inch thick. They can be a little bit thicker. You don't want them too thick. You don't want them too heavy. Um, but they are, they go together really nicely. And yes, there are some catalogs that have, that are gorgeous, right? They've got all these wonderful natural materials and they really are made from natural materials. They're not just plastic to look that way. But this is one of those areas that, as far as I'm concerned, is a toy you can make. <laughs> yes. And and you don't even have to be all that handy. I mean, this really is find a tree that went down, cut the sucker up. Um, it's always nice if you can sand it. it, it it's nice if you can add some, um, what's that clear stuff? Sealer. <laughs> Sealer. Yes. Super complicated yeah. name there, Kate. <laughs> And so it is one of those things that you do have that option. And so it's really worth making sure that you um, think through all of the resources that you have. And what's nice is um, by making the different sizes, the kids can... And if you're mathematical or, or you really like things precise, you can do everything in one inch and basically make a tree version of Legos. So you can have one inch ones and two inch ones and three inch ones. And you can start to teach fractions that way. Again, ways to tie this back into math because there's no reason why our youngest kids can't be learning mathematical concepts. Like, look, it takes two of these to make one of these. Yep. You've now taught them the concept of a half. And so, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, natural elements that could be used. Like you can have your pine cones, you can have your tree cookies, you can have rocks. And anybody who's had a pea gravel fall surface is aware <laughs> of the volume of crystal rocks that the children can find and bring home <laughs> and put in your pockets and put in their shoes and other places in my washer yep. and in my dryer <laughs> but you know so those are one type of loose part right those natural elements and they're great but you can also have other kinds of loose parts in some ways your unit blocks are use part are loose parts, right? They're open ended. They can be whatever you want. So that's kind of the first um, mass produced <laughs> loose parts are your unit blocks. Um, and then you've got things like pieces of PVC pipe in different um, diameters, so that you can stick them into each other and build, you know wild imaginative structures out of different pieces of PVC pipe. Again, you can spend more money and get the version in, you know, your Lakeshore catalog, but I'm telling you that the PVC pipe from Lowe's is going to be less expensive and it will last longer. <laughs> so. Well, and, and, and not just the PVC pipe, but all the little bendy, twisty lids. Like there's so many pieces that go with PVC pipe. To me, the biggest thing with PVC pipe is setting a budget because well, but I, I can have a little, and Carrie can too. We both can have a little way too much fun, um, A, in a hardware store or office supply store. Um, but in this case, um, because there's all these things that go on the ends, it can be a lot of fun to watch the kids yeah. push and, and, and screw together. And, I and love getting the things. really thin and then putting on the end uh, a hose adapter. And so they basically make their own sprinkler in the summer. I, I may be a little crazy, but, <laughs> you know, I give them a hammer and small nails. This is, of course, the older kids so that they can poke the holes in the PVC. <laughs> and, and I've done that more than once. Let the kids make their own sprinklers. They are 
absolutely ridiculous and they rarely survive one go, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. But you can go to the home repair shop, the Home Depot, the Lowe's, whatever. And if you go to where they have where they cut those pieces for customers and you say, Hi, um, I work in a childcare center and you know, we don't have a whole lot of money for materials. If I brought you a box to put here by the cutting station, would you be willing to just put in pieces, you know, that nobody's gonna take home for a couple of days and I'll come back in three days and pick up the box with whatever's in it? And most of the time they're gonna say yes, because you've given them a very finite amount of time that the box is going to be there <laughs> and you've given them a reason why. Well, and what's also nice about that is again, this is getting to know your customers and your families and your parents and you know is anybody building is anybody in construction um again before you ever 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 spend money on a toy or a potential toy or something you want in your classroom whether it's the mac and cheese box the the starbucks cup okay the coffee cup (laughs) the um the pvc or, or even your unit blocks talk to your families. I'm sure that you have got some families with that miscellaneous pipe in the, in the garage and they don't know what to do with. They just, they have it. Right. And, and, and maybe it was, maybe it was just me. My garage had two pieces and all of my kids were old, but it's because I had kids who were doing backyard ballistics. But then when we were done, we had the leftover PVC pipe. Yeah. If somebody had ever called me and said, Hey, do you have any? I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Please come get these two eight foot pieces of PVC pipe out of my Or they may have leftover scraps of wood from some project. And if you drilled holes in them and gave kids long bolts, kids love to put two pieces of wood together and then run a, a lag bolt through them. They just think that that's amazingly fun. And if you don't know where the lag bolt is, that's not my fault. Uh, (laughs) But, you know. Yes. Any of those, all of those loose parts. And and for anybody who isn't really sure, again, if you haven't totally figured out what the loose parts are, it is just that. It's loose parts. So, you know, some of us really like containers. So um, some people do loose parts literally just on a tray. Um, I am a container keeper. So I like all my loose parts in a container, um, which... Uh, at least helps my head to start. And when they're done, because then the kids know what goes in there. I always have a picture of what went in that box, um, on the box, either on the outside of the box or even on the bottom. Like if you looked in the box on the bottom, there's a picture or maybe both, depending on the age of the classroom. Know what's going to work for you and your teachers. Because, you know, there are also some teachers, Carrie, and you, and I know you had them too, right? Yep. Even especially in the, the younger classroom, they don't like those little things because then they have to pick up all those little things. Well, and my answer was always in, you know, the toddler classrooms when the teachers would complain about that. I was like, well, why do you have eight buckets of toys out at a time? You shouldn't have eight buckets of toys out. That's too many for this age group. Well, because the shelf looks empty. Yeah, they don't care. They're 18 months old. They do not have the same aesthetic concerns that you have. Put a couple stuffed animals on there. You'll be fine. (laughs) Get smaller shelves. Get some, I mean, I mean, why not get smaller shelves? It gives you more room in your classroom. So, Uh. (laughs) you know, it can also be things like old um, diaper wipe containers. Those are loose parts. Oh, do you remember? And I don't even know if they still do this. I loved it when they used to be basically the equivalent of a large lego box yes they still have them yeah and 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 they would connect i mean it was 
that and pool noodles. I mean, I, you know, pool noodles are just, to me, so once I ever saw somebody use pool noodles like Lincoln Logs and they, they cut them and they did all the notches, I thought to myself, where have I been for almost 15 years? <laughs> because you can buy the case of the pool noodles, like you can buy like 36 of those things for like $36, like a buck of pool noodle at the Dollar Tree and man, you could notch them and then they could be making full size Lincoln Logs. Like I just, yep. anyway. And that is again, <laughs> a loose part. That is loose parts. You know, um, at one of our centers, we had, um, we just had tires that were non-radial tires that were just loose and the kids could um, roll them around the playground and they loved them. Um, we had the larger PVC pipe and tennis balls and they would, and the connectors for them. And they would make basically marble mazes for tennis balls. Um, there's so many ways to use it guys. Um, but we were, you know, I'm trying to sell you on it so that then you're going to sell your staff on it and you're going to sell your parents on it because it's a way to stretch your dollar. We can all use that right now, how to get more new equipment into your program without spending a lot of money, get better play value out of it than by buying another $150 worth of plastic toys. Just just think, just think of it as, you know, when they always joke that toddlers like the boxes better than the toy yep. or the cat likes the box better than the toy. Um, same kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we're going to use it. We are going to do um, in the future, we'll probably do an episode on making toys, but it, it's going to be later in the spring. I, mean, I don't know. We might look at moving it up, but it may have to be a video. I don't know how I can talk about those things. I just do them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll do both. Maybe we'll experiment. Maybe it may have to be later so we can experiment and figure out how to do that. So <laughs> so anything else that you want to mention um, as we kind of wrap up the loose parts, just so that um, we kind of stay with our, our time? Because I know you and I can talk about loose parts um, or at least loose marbles. <laughs> marbles are another loose part. Dominoes. <laughs> so many things. Paper clips, which is what I'm fidgeting with right now. <laughs> um all of those Legos, Tinker Toys, you know, there's the things that were built as or that were packaged and marketed as loose parts, connects and Lincoln Logs and Tinker Toys and Legos, you know, that's what they are. Yep. But you don't need to spend the money there. And that's what I I'm hoping we did today with was share some examples to get you thinking outside of the commercial box. Um, that box of all of the people who are trying to sell you something. And boxes are a great example of a loose part. I mean, think about all the cereal boxes and oatmeal boxes. And if you, um, you know, we used to think about that probably all the time with the round oatmeal boxes, because that was a really solid cardboard. But there's no reason we can't do it with every other cardboard box. Everybody's been priming for the last nine months. Yep. So I think we've hopefully <laughs> given you a place to start. Um, if you liked this episode, please go on to... Um, Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast uh, service you're using and write us a review. It really helps other people be able to find us. Um, and uh, Or you can share it with a colleague. The end. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey. 
and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.